Um, so today we'll do chapter 5 of Sefer Yetzirah. And the previous two chapters, um, together with today's chapter, deal with the three groups within the Hebrew alphabet. There are 22 letters, and Sefer Yetzirah breaks them up into three groups. Three, um, first, the three mothers, which are the letters Aleph, Mem, and Shin which represents Aleph, Avir, Mem, Mayim, Shin, Eish. The three mothers are primeval elements that the interaction between them represents the totality of the world. Two opposing forces, fire and water and that which is between them, the ear. The chapter 4 dealt with the seven letters called the Kfulot, the seven double letters, Beged, Kefret, um, Bet, Yud, Bet Gimel Daled, Kuf Pei Reish Taf, which are the seven letters that could appear with or without a Dagesh. And Sefer Yitzhira sees them as a dialectic between the hard and the soft, which Sefer Yitzhira identifies with the weak and the strong. And as he pointed out, soft is strong in Sefer Yitzhira, and hard is weak. Today, the chapter will deal with the third and largest category, which are called the pshutot, the 12 simple letters, letters that don't have any particular um, characteristic. They're not the imaot and they're not the kfulot. Um, and these, uh, so we'll deal with these 12 letters. But each of these letters, as we see, are connected to different qualities different time periods, and different parts of the human body. Okay, so we'll begin with the first Mishnah of the fifth chapter. Twelve simple letters. The He, the Vav, the Zayin, the Chet, the Tet, the Yud, Lamid, Nun, Samach, Ayin, Sadi, Kuf. And these are connected, Yisodan, their foundation are related to 12 different actions, or maybe better to say qualities, which are sicha, um, which is speech, hirhur, thought, haluch, walking or motion, riyah, seeing, shmi'ah, hearing, maseh, doing, tashmish, marital intercourse, reach, smell, Shena, sleeping, rogues, anger, lita, taste, and schok, laughter. So these 12 letters, each of them underlie another component of, of life, how we live and how we, li how we live our lives. Now, <coughs> the second Mishnah deals, um, we're going to, the second Mishnah repeats these 12 letters. And yet again sees another aspect of the foundation of these letters. Um, not the connection to these 12 qualities that will be discussed later, but something connected to space. The... Um, the Shnei Alachson, the twelve um, boundaries, and in, in in terms of thinking of space, 
we know that we live in a three-dimensional world. Now, three-dimensional world means that there's six directions, above, below, and then, of course, east, west, north, south. But so the six directions, but the six directions are, we can look, if we look at a, a cube, a cube has six sides to it, paralleling six directions, but the cube itself is built by 12 lines. Like here we have a three-dimensional object, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That we could look at a cube as twelve lines that are formed together to create a cube. And what the message of this Mishnah will be that we could look at space as twelve imaginary lines that keep expanding, and that's why twelve is considered to be a cosmic number. Um, because of the structure of space, which is perceived here as 12 imaginary lines, that imaginary cube that keeps getting bigger and bigger. So we'll read it now inside in the Hebrew. Gvul Mizrachit Romit. We have the, the eastern, the, the boundary on the east high up. Gvul Mizrachit Tzfonit. Gvul Mizrachit Tachtit. Gvul Dromit Romit, Gvul Dromit Mizrachit, Gvul Dromit Tachtit, Gvul Maravit Romit, Gvul Maravit Dromit, Gvul Maravit Tachtit, Gvul Tzvonit Romit, Gvul Tzvonit Maravit, Gvul Tzvonit Tachtit. So we just enumerated the 12, the 12 lines. The, of course, the four directions, and each of the four directions is the upper line, or the line going up, the line going down, uh, um, the higher or the lower line. So the 12 lines. And now we say, These 12 imaginary lines, which form the imaginary cube, which is space, expand, expand and go, until all infinity. So now we have a connection between space and time. The space that keeps getting bigger as these 12 imaginary lines keep spreading out. And this continues going on for all eternity. And these are the boundaries of the world of space. And what of course I find so interesting here is yet another point of contact between the, the way the universe is perceived in Kabbalah to that of, of modern cosmology. We know in terms of the Big Bang, the image of a center point which keeps expanding is really captured over here. I'll mention the Zohar uh, begins the beginning of Parshat Breshit talking about a single point of creation, the Butsina de Cardinuta, the spark of darkness. And that central point becomes expanding and the entire universe is formed from that point. And here, here we have somewhat of uh, a continuation. Of course, Sefer Yitzhak is earlier than the Zohar, but we have that other side. The Zohar talks about that initial first point um, that all um, expands from. Here we talk about a eternally expanding universe of the 12 imaginary lines of that cube that gets bigger and bigger, which is so similar to views of modern cosmology um, developed from the ideas of the Big Bang. Right. 
you know, I, I grew up on the west side of Manhattan, you now in the Hayden Planetarium, they have an amazing exhibit that you see the universe at different, different points, it's how large it is, and, um, and see this process of the boundaries of the world getting bigger and bigger. Okay, now um, we'll do to the third Mishnah. Just um, skip the next one, because that was that's somehow a mistake connected to the previous chapter. Shtemesrei pshutot. Okay? Um, yet again, the 12 simple letters, the He, the Vav, the Zayin, the Chet, the Tet, the Yud, Lamed, Nun, Samach, Ayin, Sadikuf. Yisodan, their foundations. Chakakan, these letters are carved out. Chatzvan, remove from where they're being carved out from. Shaklan, um, measure, tzarfan, combine, vabimran, and transformed. Um, this is a phrase which we've seen constantly throughout Sefer Yitzirah, so we won't develop it now, but the process in which the letters emerge and form, going back to the view that all language comes from that initial breath, the one breath of God that what the breath is oneness, unity, and from the breath, each letter um, emerges, just like in human speech, physiologically, that one breath, depending how we, how we let the ear out, creates separate letters, so it's carving out of that ear and creating the letters, what's being referred to here, and issues of weighing is, uh, um, and permutation is connected to different ideas relating to gematria and the like. Anyway, but now we have a tsar behem, and we depict mazalot ba'olam, twelve constellations in space, twelve months of the year, manigim and twelve things that lead in the nefesh, masculine and feminine. Okay, so again, again. We're following that same structure of all Sefer Yitzirah, that the um, that the world has three basic dimensions, which are called time, olam, which means world, which would be it's referring to space, shana, literally year, but referring to time, and nefesh, soul, which refers to. Um, the totality of each of our humanity, which is both body and soul. There is not the differentiation between nefesh as our spiritual side and our physical side. And the fullness of nefesh once, um, is, is zachar v'nekeva, expressing that the one in Judaism is not the individual. The one is male and female together, as in the pasuk, v'davak b'ishto v'ayu you um, cleave to his wife and becomes one flesh. Yes, Simshon. If it's stating here like these different explanations of the twelve letters of how they can be chachaku v'chatzvan, why not just then they're all basically just part of this one sugya, as in like it's not shdemesrei yisodo like these twelve letters like, are not just chachaku v'chatzvan shetol v'chatzvan like they're individually the, all these things. It's not like one category. Nachon. Right. I mean. Each of the twelve has their unique, has a unique characteristics, and stands behind a unique aspect of the of time, space, and soul. But right, so, so it's pshutot in the sense 
that they don't belong to the first, uh, the, the first two categories of the mothers or the double letters. Excuse me. Yes. Uh, two questions. One of them is the, sure. the beginning, the 12 aspects that we related to. I don't know if we're going to expand upon them, but when it says uh, does that mean like that these 12 things are the simple things in life, the main... Life? I, I think it's simply a contrast to the, to the fact that the first two categories have a special aspect to them. Three letters that are mothers... Letters that are the doubles, and these are not that and not that, but each one is is certainly very profound and special, as as we'll see. Mm-hmm. And uh, the second is how is the you explain that the shtemis I mean I give an epistle on the kavah is the oneness, but why twelve? What was the number 12 <coughs> to do with the oneness of the... No, no, within the nefesh, within the nefesh, or within one person, one nefesh, the one nefesh includes our spiritual and our physical, the masculine and the feminine, these are all nefesh. Now, nefesh itself um, have, have different aspects that are, that are reflected. In chapter 3, we saw the, how the Aleph, Mem, and Shin are all reflected in Nefesh. The last chapter, we saw how the seven Fulot were reflected in Nefesh. And now we'll see 12 other aspects of Nefesh. But the main... Mm-hmm. I Rafi. Didn't, I didn't really understand the, the Nefesh thing. Nefesh is just like the compilation of like body, body, spirit, all like those things kind of mixed in one. In the basic dimensions, space is a dimension. Right. All of space. Time is a dimension. And Adam, I would say, the best word I would use would be Adam. Um, human. Human is a dimension. But when we say human, what are we talking about? Just like space, we talk about the totality of space. With human, we talk about the totality. Now that totality includes both body and soul. Here we're going to be talking about different organs in the body Whereas elsewhere, we spoke about good and evil in, in, parallel, in connection to nefesh. And, but also, Sefer Sirah always stresses, when talking about nefesh, zachar vinekeva, masculine and feminine. That even when we talk about that parallel of, of time and space, which is soul, which, which is nefesh, which is adam, um, there... When we're talking about Adam, it's, it's, it's the whole, the whole Adam. The whole Adam, just like the whole Adam is body and soul, the whole Adam is masculine and feminine. Okay, and now the basic... Nefesh is Adam, Shana is time, and, and Olam is space. You know, we're, we're learning, we're just thinking about in Shabbat... For, this is an incredibly important structure, the time-space Adam. For example, just something recently, we're, to- we're learning Shabbat in Yeshiva. Now Shabbat is about holiness being present, present in, in time. In Shabbat, we, we're not allowed to talk or plan things later in the, in the week. And we don't do malacha, because when you do actions, it's in order to, because you're, you want to create a future, and you're not accepting the present that you're in right now. But Shabbat is all about space. The Shabbat in space. In the yeshiva, we're learning Malachit about that goes back to the Pasuk. Al Yitzay Ishin Komo. Don't go out of your place on Shabbat. 
On Shabbat, you have to be present in your place. So you have to be present in time, in the present. You must be present in your, in your space. And in that space that you have, that sacred space and sacred time of the Shabbat, in your home, Shabbat enters by lighting the, the candles of Shabbat. When the candles of Shabbat are reflective of the, of the soul. Um, so we have the linkage, because in, in, in Tehillim it says that the soul is the, is the Ner Elohim. Our soul is the, is the flame of, is the candle of God. In fact, it's even Zachar v'nekeva, it's even masculine and feminine. We know we light two candles on Shabbat, and the reason why two candles is connected to the, the, um, the Zachor and Shamor. Because in, in the Aseret Dibrot, the first time it said, Zachor et Yom HaShabbat Lekadsho, and the second time, Shamor et Yom Shabbat Lekadsho. And the Zachor and Shamor, the remembering and the keeping, um, as early as the Sefer Behir, and later in the Sefer, the Kabbalistic book, Tolat Yaakov, is connected to the fact that Shabbos has a masculine and feminine side, because the oneness of Shabbat is the including of the masculine and the feminine. In fact, the Shlakadosh says that the numerical value of Ner is 250. Two Nerot is 500. Now, now according to Jewish tradition, a male has 248 limbs. When we say Ramach Evarim, 248 limbs, we're talking about the male, where women have 252 parts of the body. Um, therefore, together, it's 500. And those are the two Nerot of Shabbat. So Shabbat is time, space, and soul all linked together. So it's in almost every area of study, this structure, time, space, and soul, and, and, and human, um, there is a way to really look at something, a total picture of something. And one of the messages is that there's always a parallel. Whatever you find in time, you'll find a parallel in space, and you'll find a parallel in, um, in, in human. Okay, now the next, um, the, this chapter, till the end, um, we're going to do this quite fast, because I'll just, I'll mention the basic structure. Um, the basic structure will be to take the 12 letters, each one of them to connect to a different one of the 12 qualities that we mentioned earlier, and then to connect each of the letters to something in time, to something in space, and then to something in the body. Um, so, we see that in the third, in the fourth Mishnah, Shnei Meser Mazlot Bolam, the twelve constellations in space. Tela, Shor, Toomim, Sartan, Aryeh, Betula, Maznaim, Akrav, Keshet, Gdi, Dli, and Dagim. We have um, the Zodiac. But there's been a debate in Judaism about how to relate to astrology. The Rambam was vehemently, I think, believe against astrology. The Evan Ezra did believe that there's truth in, in astrology. Um, the, Why didn't the Rambam? The what? Why didn't the Rambam bind to it? Um, I think the, the Rambam we know is very much was a rationalist. 
and ideas that seeing that the cosmos, the Ram does talk about the Galgalim, about the cosmos, but I felt he felt that this is something, um, seeing that a role of the different constellations of impacting on life was something the Rambam, I guess, felt, felt problematic. We know the Talmud has an interesting approach to this issue. The Talmud says, Ein Mazal Yisrael. Now, Ein Mazal Yisrael doesn't mean that we don't have luck. It means that, that the Mazalot, the, there isn't astrology to, for, the, for the Jewish people, which means that there is some sort of order and in, in the world. There are there's stories that in the Talmud, people look in the stars and see things that would happen in the future. But the message would be that of the Talmud is that but the Jewish people, because we have free will, our ability to choose and do good means that we could change. Um, there might be whatever fate is destined in the stars, we are not subjugated to it, and we have the power to change our destiny. And there you have the beautiful story of, about the daughter of Rabbi Akiva, that the astrologist told Rabbi Akiva that we see in the stars your daughter will die on her wedding night. And the story tells that it came to the wedding of Rabbi Akiva's daughter, and a poor man comes to the wedding, and she's the only person who notices him, so she gives him her portion so he could have something to eat. That night she goes to sleep. She takes out her hairpin, sticks it into the wall. When she wakes up in the morning, she takes out the hairpin and sees that she stuck it right into a snake. Yeah. Now I heard it was like in her hair, and she like went to like put it back, and it, and there were like two hairpins, and she stuck in both of the eyes. That's the version. Well, of okay. So you can read it. I think I believe it's a Shabbat daf. Kuf nun nun hey or kuf nun vav, so you could, so we could check it inside. Um, now, um, and then Rabbi Kiva saw the story and said, Rabbi Kiva went out and and taught stakat it. Charity saves from death, meaning there, the Talmud does seem to believe that there is some sort of a destiny, a destiny that can even be seen in the stars, but our destiny is is not fate. It's not something that has to be, that we do have the ability to change that what will happen to us because of our ability to do, do good and evil. Okay, so it's like a middle approach relating to astrology. How does that interplay with Goyim? Are they not able to change their... Okay, so, so, it's, uh, so I'll give you an interpretation that, that, I, that I've even written about. There was a famous historian called Arnold Toynbee. Um, he had a theory about how civilizations develop and, and decline. Now, his theory, his theory worked with everybody except for the Jewish people because according to his theory, 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people were supposed to have disappeared. Now, if you're a scholar, how do you solve this problem? You don't change your theory. You just decide that the Jewish people don't exist. And therefore, he was a, a rabid anti-Zionist. In fact, there's a famous debate between him and Yaakov Herzog, who was then um, at University McGill. Um, it's written in, there's a book called A People That Dwell Alone about the different speeches of Yaakov Herzog. If anyone's interested, I have a copy in my house. If it reminds me, I'll try to remember to bring it. And there they go through a debate about do the Jewish people exist? But after studying that passage in the Talmud, I thought, you know what, in Toynbee's not alive anymore, but I would tell him that, you know, you were right. Meaning, what's your theory? Your theory says that 
maybe not on a personal level, but in terms of civilizations, there's some laws about civilizations, how, indeed how laws that govern society. And you're right about them. The fact that the Jewish people didn't fit in, it doesn't mean that your theory is wrong. It means that the Jewish people somehow are outside those laws of history. And I think that's a statement which I think is very much true. Look at this, the amazing story of the Jewish people. And you do get the feeling that there's something going on beyond the natural laws of, of history. Was Toynbee accepted like in the world of history? It was, it was very, very, very prominent in his time. Yeah. When was that time? Um, I guess it was obvious. It must have been the 50s and 60s because... Right. Unfortunately, Yaakov Herzog died um, prematurely. Um, in fact, the Mohon Herzog that, we're, that we know is, is named after him. Um, and his brother was Chaim Herzog, who was um, the, um, the president of Israel, ambassador to the UN, and, and, his, and their father was Rabbi Herzog, the chief rabbi of Israel. Okay, now the five, Shnei Maser Chadashim Meshana, Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, Tamuz, Av, Elu, Tishrei, Machashvon, Kislev, Tevet, Shvat, Adar. Twelve months of the year, that's obvious, the twelve Hebrew months, What's, be, what's interesting to point out, that here of the year, from a Jewish perspective, meaning not starting from Tishrei, which is the time that according to Jewish tradition the world was created, but with Nisan, the, the month that Jewish history begins with the leaving of Egypt. Finally, six, we get Shnei Masar Manigim, Benefes Zachar Shteyadaim. In the body of two hands, steraglaim are two legs, steklayot are two kidneys, mara dakin, sorry, are mara, are gallbladder, dakin, intestines, kaved, liver, korkavan, um, the holy korkavan, not quite sure what that would be in English, the um, kaved, um, stomach, and tuchol. Okay, let's see. I have the Ari Kaplan translation here. Hopefully that can help. Oh, he translates the Korkavan as the Korkavan. Okay. Okay, so I guess. Um, now, <clears throat> the rest of the chapter, as I said, is li- linking it all together. In Hasidut, Hasidut is very into this. Hasidut is very into taking... Um, take um, what will now happen, we'll have a letter connected to a quality, to a month, to a constellation, to a part of the body. And Hasidic thought, um, especially of Tzadok, also we have a book called the Bnei Sachar. they love talking about, discussing, giving all sorts of very beautiful meanings to these connections. But some of the connections are things that are really clear and obvious, and some of them seem to be more homiletic. So I think we'll, we're not going to do all of them. I'll share with you some of those connections that I feel are more famous or at least more to seem to be based in the text rather than something homiletic, which is not necessarily the original intent of the text. Yes, Rafi? Um, the way that they connect to the constellation... And I uh, forget the other ones that you mentioned. How did, can, are you going to explain how those connect to, like, like which one refers to the dimension of time and which one to space? Yes, so, so the rest of the chapter does it all. So first of all, you're all welcome to take these pages and you'll be able to see, to see it all. 
We're going to do some of them. Because, um, let's see. In Mishnah Zayin. Himlichot hey besicha. Hey, the letter hey is connected to speech. Hey, hey. Vekasharlo keter. And there's a crown on the letter hey. Vitzarfan zelazev vitzarbem. And we drew tela bolam. Tela is like a ram in, in, in the world. Nisan bishana. So here, we could, we could see part of it. We know that a tle, um, a ram, is something when we're talking about Pesach, that we bring a carbon Pesach, so it works out nicely that the, the constellation connected to Nisan, the month of Pesach, is a tle. And relating to speech, I think already the Ariya Kadosh talks about this teaching in Sefer Yitzirah, um, darshing the word Pesach as Pesach, pe the mouth sach, it speaks. Seeing that the essence of Pesach is about the speaking, telling, telling the story of Mitzrayim, and also nice that we start off with regal yamin, starting with your right foot. Right, we start the new year with your right foot. Okay. Um, um, I'll, Maybe that's where it came from. What? Okay. Got it. Okay. So. We're, we're going to skip a little bit, and, and here you can take the text, but a lot of the text, um, I want to try to focus on those things that are more prominent. In, in the end of Mishnah Chet, there's Himlich Ot Yud Vamaseh. The letter Yud is connected to action. Vikasherlo Keter, the end of, of the eighth Mishnah. The kasharlo keter, and we connect, we tie a crown. Vitzarfan zebezeh, vitzarbem betula baolam, virgin in the world. Veelul bishana, v'yad small benefes zachar v'nekeva. So there's some connections here that are really beautiful to connect elul, elul with betula, both in terms of seeing that the world being created really began in Elul. When we talk about the first day of Tishrei as creation, that's really often seen as creation of humanity, which is really when all the world has been set up already. The, world, the creation process begins in Elul. Elul is really a time of beginning, especially in Yeshiva. Yeshiva begins, the school year begins, the Yeshiva year begins with Elul. So having a beginning, virgin, at the beginning is very appropriate to Elul, as the letter Yud. Yud is, again, a central point from which all begins. Um, and then if we continue, 9, Himlich Ot Lamed B'Tashmish. Lamed connected Tashmish. Tashmish is marital um, intercourse. V'kasharlo Keter. V'tzarfan Zebezeh. V'tzarbem Moznaim Ba'olam. Scales in the world, mara zachar A connection between, uh, between a scales and Tishrei also is obvious. Tishrei is the time of the time of Yemeadin, the time of judgment. Tishrei, all of humanity is judged for the new year, so a symbol of scales to represent Tishrei is something which is very natural. But even more so, Kibbalistically, the idea of the scales is even more significant. There's a the the uh, essential part of the Zohar called Sifra the Tzniuta, 
and there it talks about the, it's very much based on Sifri Yitzirah, and there the powerful image that's given as an image of creation and connected to the month of Tishrei is that of a scales. And the scales is because of, a, um, it's not just a question of justice in the way that we understand it. It's the scales, is seen as scales of, for the world to exist, there has to be a balance. And Sifrit Snutis teaches that the world wasn't able to achieve form and formation and substance until a balance was created. And the the primary balance, which is essential for the world to exist, is the balance between male-female in all of its connotations. It doesn't only mean men and women. Um, In its broadest sense of these two powerful forces that in some ways are opposites, in other ways their forming to linkage together creates new things. Um, gets back to the, which is which is what we see often here about the fire and the water and the balance needed between them. So the scales, the cosmic scales, is about a balance in the world itself. Now, since this balance is connected to male female, that's why that part of the Zohar is called Sifra de Tzniuta, because Tzniut talks about that which is hidden but hidden in the connotations of sexuality. So um, to see that the full balance, the reason why marriage is so significant in Judaism is because we see that the, something cosmic in a balance, in the proper balance and connection between male and female is a microcosm of the balance and harmony and the unity of the universe itself. So that's why Tishrei, the symbol of Tishrei, is the moznaim, is the scales, and the quality of Tishrei is tashmish, of marital relations. We'll also mention that Tishrei, in many ways, is the inner scales, the significant point is the center point. In fact, the theme we've seen throughout Sefer Yitzirah is the important point is not the highest point, rather the center point. In fact, Tishrei, the seventh month, the way it's broken in Sefer Yitzirah, reflects the middle of the year. Tishrei is the cent. Aleph Tishrei is exactly the midpoint of the year. If the year begins with Aleph Nisan and ends with Lamed, um, Lamed Adar, the center point of the year is Aleph Tishrei. Um, so again, going back to the sacred center, which is the the, the balancing point. And in fact, and this connects us to the letter Lamed. Lamed is the center letter, it's the highest letter in the alphabet, and also the central letter, the 22 letters, and Lamed is the 12th. With an even number, it would be the 11th and 12th, but letter number 12 is in fact the, the Lamed. Okay? That's why in Shalom we have the Lamed. The la- Actually, you know, I never even thought, it's so obvious, never thought of this before. If we're always talking about shalom as linking together the fire and the water, the shin, which is the fire, the mem, which is the water, what does that? The lamid. The lamid, which according to Sefi Yitzir itself, which is the source of the concept of shalom as forging water and fire together, Sefi Yitzir teaches us that the lamid is the tashmish, the, the linking. The, the linking together, uh, um, the binding together. Okay, so...
So we see that we have a new chidush in, the, in, um, in studying this chapter. Um, okay, now <clears throat> we'll skip a little bit. Um, okay, afterwards we have, we'll skip to the month of Kislev. Imlech ot The quality of the month of Kislev is sleeping. One point here that I could see if on a simple level is fully understood is why Kislev would be the time of sleep because Kislev is the month that the nights are the longest. The longest nights are Kislev. So this is a time of sleep. Maybe it would explain why the next month after Kislev would be Imlichot Ayn Barogiz. Rogiz can be anger, Animrugaz, but Rogiz is also. Um, sometimes we have taking something energetic, um, getting up. So the next month after the sleep, the sleep of Kislev to Rogiz, some sort of active waking up, a little bit. Tense, filled with tense and anger, but that's the Tevet. And maybe we'll end with the last month. The last month is Adar, of course. So at the end, the end of this list will be Imlech Ot Kuf Beschok. The letter Kuf represents Schok, laughter. Vekasharlo Keter. Vitzarfan Zebezeh. Vitzarbem Dagim Baolam. The quality of Adar is laughter, which is marvelous, because of course we have Adar is the month of Purim. In fact, I once heard that Rav Shlomo Kabach explain about laughter in Purim. He says, joy, joy is when things are, are, turn out better than expected. That's joy. But things are still in the normal proportions. When something just goes out of all proportions, that's not just joy, that's laughter. And if the Jewish people were saved in Purim, that would be joy. But the Vanafahu, everything turned around, just breaking out of the boundaries, that's laughter. And I think it's a gewalt that we have 12 months to the year, and the last month is Adar. Real, we know in Judaism, Malim B'Kodesh, we believe that we, we always go up and up, right? That means the 12th month is obviously the holiest month. So never forget, the holiest month of the year is Adar. Okay? And the holiest quality is laughter. And in fact, you know, in a Jewish leap year, they, when they do one month twice, you have 12 possibilities what month to, do, to do have a, a first and second. And what month did they pick? Adar. So if you want to double it, um, go for that holiest month, which is the holy month of Adar. Yes? Um, you said that you were using the, the uh, example of the word shalom. How that's, isn't the word shalom also work? Great. Right. For sure. For sure. I, I, um, it works in great, and I should have mentioned instead of shalom. Shalom is connected to the idea of shalom because the... Right. the it's not peace, it's not just that we're not killing each other, but we've found something whole. And of course, having the fire, the water, 
and the Lamed is the letter that connects. In Shalom itself, Vav is also a letter that connects. In Hebrew, Vav is what's mitchaber. So we have the, the fire and the water connected with the Lamed, connected with the Vav, and together it's Lamed Vav, which is the, the Tzadik. The Lamed Vav Tzadikim, and Tzadikim are also that what in Judaism, Tzadikim are, are, are the connectors. We, we know Tzadik Yisod Olam. Tzadikim are the Yisod of the Olam. The connectors of heaven and earth. And even Yisod is often identified in Kabbalah to the male organ about the connecting between um, the connecting between male and female, which is also considered called Shalom. Sof Davar Hakol Nishma Et Elohim Yira Ve'et Mitzotav Shmor Kizek Kol Ha'adam